0: These are people who overnight the Israelis turn from being legal into illegal. and overnight turn them from being people who were acceptable into being enemies. and overnight turn them from being uh, people who had permits and the authority to stay there to being treated in the worst ways and in the worst forms. following podcast was recorded yesterday. Here's today's update. This morning, some 7,000 Palestinian workers from Gaza, these were Palestinian men who were inside 48 legally just before October the 7th, were finally sent back to the Gaza Strip. They were sent back walking being forced to walk more than six kilometers before getting to the Gaza Strip. Upon entering, the men described the conditions under which they'd been living for the past 25 days. For the past 25 days, they'd been tortured, held secretly, without anybody knowing the conditions or their whereabouts. These men reported that all of their belongings were taken from them, their food, their money, their phones, everything. They were tortured oftentimes hung by their arms, some of them beaten, some of them placed in chairs where they were prodded with electricity. The men described being urinated on by soldiers and having water thrown on them. Some described that they were held for three days naked, and for all of them, they had tags with a number on them placed on their ankles and on their wrists. It is unclear how many Palestinians still remain inside 48 because there were some 18,500 Palestinians who held Israeli work permits. About 5,000 of them remain in the West Bank and it's not clear how many remain inside 48. Six human rights organizations have petitioned the Israeli high court demanding information about the names of these people, and the conditions under which these Palestinian workers are being held but the Israeli high court denied the petition here's the podcast welcome Diana thanks Khadr. thanks for taking over the hosting function again
1: yeah of course how are you doing
0: it's the question that is impossible to answer at this point um, it's like a yeah. it should be the easiest question but it's a, all emotions in one and Overwhelmingly, I think it's just this feeling of devastation as we watch um, these war crimes.
1: I'll ask for words every day as more and more horrific images keep coming out. Deanna, I wanted to talk to you today about a story that you brought to my attention that is being uh, really overlooked in the media at the moment. A story about workers from Gaza who applied for permits to go work as laborers inside Israel. And as soon as Israel has waged its war on Gaza, many of these workers have been reportedly missing, arrested. Their families in Gaza are not be able have not been able to get in contact with them. If you could walk our listener through what's it like to even obtain a permit, what these workers have to go through to get into Israel, and what's going on with these workers? Where are they? How many are in Israel? Um, and what do people expect is being happening happening to them?
0: Yes. Thank you, Khadr. So just to put it in its context, in the mid-90s and onward, Palestinians needed to obtain work permits to go and work inside Israel. And in the year 2005, since 2005 up until 2022, Israel stopped all work permits. And What that meant was that the only people who could exit the Gaza Strip could only exit for a couple of reasons one is if they were in need of medical care and with treatment unavailable inside gaza or the second reason is if they were considered um to be visit part of the business community very wealthy business community and needed to get to the west bank in order to conduct business so we're really talking very few, small numbers in 2022 the Israelis then once again opened up the the market for Palestinians from Gaza to co-work inside both the West Bank and inside Israel. And this wasn't out of any level of generosity or any of those sorts of things, but because they the the economy of the Gaza Strip was on the verge of collapse with over 60% of the population living below the poverty line and very high numbers living below the extreme poverty line. And so it was felt that the only way this could be alleviated was if Israel could get cheap labor from Gaza. And that's what it did. So since, that, since August of 2022, there have been some people who've been able to come in but of course, the, the whole system is ripe for abuse, because if the if the Israeli uh, employer doesn't pay them, the worker has no recourse, etc. Why am I telling you this? Because it's important for people to understand that obtaining a permit to be able to come into Israel is actually very diff- difficult. And Palestinians need to go through extreme levels of security searches just to be able to get a permit. Now, as of October the 7th of 2023, there were roughly 18,500 Palestinian residents of Gaza who held permits enabling them to access the labor market inside Israel. And we don't really know how many people were in Israel as of Saturday, October the 7th of 2023, but we do know that there were thousands. And what has happened is once uh, October 7th of 2023 um, and once the attack on the Gaza Strip began, these thousands of Palestinian workers had no place to go back to. Many of them, roughly 4,900, rough, like close to 5,000, came into the West Bank, where um, the, the Palestinian Authority set up basic camps for them, for lack of a better term, places where they could sleep, um, eat, and so on. And there are a number of these of these uh, places throughout the West Bank, throughout the large Palestinian cities. That said there are probably anywhere between 5,000 all the way up to um, maybe as high as 10,000 Palestinian workers who have yet to be accounted for. And what we've heard so far is that thousands of these Palestinians from Gaza are actually being held, they're being uh, imprisoned, by the Israeli authorities in conditions that we still have no idea about and the reason that we know uh, that there is such a high number is because families from Gaza have not been able to track their loved ones who crossed over um, just before October the the seventh and it's also um uh it's it's sorry. Now, an, an, another thing that Israel did, you can you can edit this part. Um, w- one of the things that Israel did was that on October the 11th, remember, these are people who could not return back as of October the 7th. What the Israelis did on October the 11th was they revoked all of the work permits. and um, And what that means is that all of these people are now considered to be, quote-unquote, illegal inside Israel. And because they're being considered illegal, Israel's been conducting a massive hunt for many of these Palestinians from the Gaza Strip. Just today, for example, we learned that they were going around to various Palestinian hospitals in East Jerusalem and that they had picked up some people. We also saw that they that the Israelis had gone into major Palestinian cities like Khalil, Hebron, again, where they arrested Palestinians. And videos are emerging of the massive Abu Ghraib-style mistreatment of these Palestinian workers at the hands of the Israeli uh, army. Indiana, can you talk about how
1: the permit system is basically just a massive, very sophisticated surveillance system, which would allow Israel to, you know, to find these people very easily.
0: Yeah. Well, look the the um, the only way that you can exit the Gaza Strip is through a, a massive series of um, the only way that you can exit the Gaza Strip is if you agree to a great amount of surveillance on you and your family. So the to put it in perspective, there are 2.2 million Palestinians who are living in the Gaza Strip. To have only 18,500 permits being issued shows you what a small drop in the bucket of people um, are allowed into to, to actually get work. Now, in order to get these permits... It's not just that you apply and and you get a permit. You go through a whole series of um, security checks on the part of the Israeli authorities, and you have to agree to be monitored by the Israeli authorities. There's everything from having a magnetic card, which allows you to exit, to then also having a specialized permit, again, that allows you to exit, with your with your phone number that has to be attached to this um, to this to this permit, as well as you have to download this crazy app that has access to all sorts of your information. You have to agree to having that to that access. To, you have to agree to that app having all sorts of access to your personal information. So it really is one big surveillance mechanism. And I suspect that a lot of the ways that they have been um, going after these Palestinians, who remember, they declared them illegal post facto, after the fact. Uh, these people came in legally. They decl- the Israelis declared them illegal after the fact. Uh, I suspect that a lot of the ways that they've been going after these individuals is by tracking down where their cell phones are pinging and their cell phone use. But but the bigger concern is not just the tracking down of them, but under what conditions are they currently being held? We have no idea how it is that they're being um, held, whether they're being treated um, humanely or or inhumanely. I suspect inhumanely, given what we're seeing from some of these videos. Again, I we haven't been able to fully corroborate um, these videos, but but um, given the fact that the Israelis have not provided any information about who is being held and under what conditions, I think we're right in in, in suspecting that they are being mistreated.
1: And just so important to note, Deanna, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there is only one crossing that people from Gaza can get into Israel, and that would be the Beit Hanun crossing. Is that correct? Which is completely yeah. monitored and controlled by Israel.
0: Yes, it's um, it's in Bet Hanun, and it's called uh, the Eros Crossing Point. It's it's um, to call it a crossing point is a misnomer. It is um, it's one big, very long mechanism, surveillance mechanism. So from the beginning of it to the end of it is actually over, I believe, two kilometers of a, of a stretch, and you have to walk through gate after gate after gate when you get to a gate um it opens sometimes you stand there for for a very 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 long time sometimes hours a gate will magically open up then you walk to another gate where you again you wait another gate will then open up and then again through another gate and another the the same gate will will open up and then you're it, it pushes you in you're pushed into a very large terminal now, from the beginning to the end, Khader, you don't see a single human being. All you hear is instructions being shouted at you in very bad Arabic, if at all. Sometimes you just see the gate open or you hear instructions being shouted at you in, in very bad Arabic, again, if at all. Once you get into the terminal, all of your uh, your possessions are placed on in this um, very large airport style conveyor belt where a separate machine then scans all of them. And there are only certain things that you're allowed to take out. For example, you're not allowed to, uh, to carry a computer. There, are a, it, it, If you're in transit, meaning that you're going to the West Bay, you can carry your phone, but not a charger. Uh, there's only a certain amount of food that you're allowed to carry. And so all of that is is examine, re-examine, re-examine, and then you go through a series of three body searches again without ever seeing anybody um, before you are finally get before you finally get to a window where your permit is is examined again without seeing a human, um, and then allowed to cross. So all of this, it's it's a very long stretch. And, um, and and to call it a, a checkpoint or to call it a, a crossing point is completely a misnomer. It's, it's like um, th- there's nothing on earth that, that compares to it uh, in terms of the level and the levels of security that an individual has to go through just to be able to pass.
1: These mass arrests are illegal under international law. Is that correct?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, you, you can't arrest people secretly, um, you can't arrest people without legal authority. You can't arrest people without a cause for arrest. And um, these people are being held in custody. These Palestinians are being held in custody without any records for an unknown period of time, and without any guarantees of their most fundamental and basic rights. Um, and now all again, once once again, all of these people who received a work permit, were screened by Israel's security authorities for the purpose of ruling out any possibility that they're involved in any prohibited organization or you know or that they pose a threat. Um, and so as far as anybody has been made aware, there haven't been there hasn't been a single allegation made against these individuals, but instead, they were simply arrested because their residents, of the Gaza Strip, and for no other reason. Of course, that's illegal, and it's it's the fact that it's being done under the cover of darkness, without anybody knowing, that leads a that should be leaving people with a great deal of concern about how it is they're being treated. And
1: Diana, the government body that is in charge of you know, handing out work permits to Palestinians, is Kogat, known as Israel's coordinator of government activities in the territories. Have they come out with any statement
0: about any of this? No, uh, not at all, and that's the problem. They haven't released any information about the numbers of Palestinians who are being held, who is being held, under what conditions they're being held, why they're being held, and when, if ever, They're going to be released.
1: Can you talk about or describe of the conditions that have came out of this story or what people suspect is happening to to these people that are missing?
0: What we've seen in terms of some of the videos so far is um, some of them are, each each and every video that I've seen, people are blindfolded, their hands shackled. Some of them have the Israeli flag draped over them. Um, There were a couple yesterday where the uh, Israeli uh, soldiers had them shackled in the back of a car and then were singing the Israeli national anthem, Hatikvah. Um, Others uh, had indicated that the Israelis had played um, the song Baby Shark on loop for hours and hours and hours on end. Um, Others have indicated that they've been kept in the sun um, in very harsh conditions. And again, this is the problem. We just don't know. We just don't know. I think that if if uh, if Israel had nothing to hide, it would actually be saying how it is that they are treating these people and, and actually release them. They, they're not illegal. But instead, I think that they're trying to use them um, mm-hmm. as, as hostages, as hostages.
1: Before I let you go, is there any equivalent that you could explain this in that would make sense for someone who doesn't just does not understand this at all. Is this just simply unparalleled?
0: In many ways, it's unparalleled. So, so this isn't the case of of a migrant worker who is yes. illegal. Um, the treatment is probably just as bad, and and I certainly don't want to downplay that. Uh, but but this is very different because these are people who um, overnight. The Israelis turn from being legal into illegal, and overnight turn them from being people who were acceptable into being enemies, and overnight turn them from being uh, people who had permits and the authority to stay there to being treated in, in the worst um, ways and in the worst forms um, as though somehow, uh, A, that it's acceptable, which, which it's not. But that B, these were as though these were the people who perpetrated um, the October seventh attack, which they were not, and and so there isn't really a similar um, there isn't really a similar context that I can think of. I think the important thing for people to keep in mind is that we we just have no idea who is being held, the numbers of people who are being held and why they're being held and under what conditions. And that is the part that is so terrifying because there's no way to know if some of these people have um, health conditions that require special treatment. We don't know if the Israelis are torturing these Palestinians. We don't know the conditions under which they're uh, they're being held. Remember, um, just so that people can understand the context, The Israelis have already cut off the electricity and limited the water supply, not just to the Gaza Strip, but also to Palestinian political prisoners. So it could be that they've done the exact same thing to these individuals who, again, were the day before considered legal and overnight turned into illegal enemies. You can see how the fact that they haven't revealed any information and that it's being done in the dark, how dangerous it is, and the, we just don't know what price Palestinians are paying at this point.
1: Yeah, thank you for shining a light on this important story. I encourage all the listeners to go read the Al Jazeera article that came out a few days ago that dives deeper on this. Um, thank you for your insight and your analysis, as always.
0: Thank you, Hattifaz. Thank you for listening to This is Palestine, a podcast brought to you by the Institute for Middle East Understanding. The IMEU is a nonprofit focused on giving you access to untold stories, facts, and expert sources on all things Palestine. For more information, please visit our website at www.imeu.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the IMEU. Please don't forget to subscribe. I'm Deanna Butu.